0: Okay, so it's the middle of the night, the lights just went out, we're at Swedish, we're doing a middle of the night Swedish medical minute on people with liver disease who are vomiting blood or variceal bleeding, courtesy of Adam who asked the question, Don, I had a sick gal. With variceal bleeding, please tell me about her. So, first of all, people with variceal bleeding are just sick at baseline, right? They've got a fried liver. So, this is one of the indications that someone's basically going to die of their cirrhosis when they get big varices and they start bleeding from them. So, it's something that, one, these people are sick at baseline, and two, this is a really sick patient population. So, variceal bleeding has a much higher mortality rate than bleeding from other GI sources, like if you've got an ulcer or if you've got uh, uh, gastritis that's really severe. This is one of the worst types of variceal bleeding. bleeding. Um, So there's a few things that we do when these people come in, right? Is oftentimes they're hypotensive. Oftentimes they're sick as crap. And one of the things we do is just bread and butter fluid resuscitation. Uh, but then in this patient population, there's a lot of other things we do that are specific just to variceal bleeding. So, Adam, I'm going to ask you, what else did you start for the lady when she came in? Besides fluids. Besides fluids. Blood. 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 And octreotide um, and protonics. Okay, great. So, protonics, tab So, the protonics is one thing that oftentimes will give but doesn't really address... Variceal bleeding, because these people aren't usually bleeding because of their ulcers. They're bleeding oftentimes because one of those blood vessels is decided to rupture. Okay. The somatostatin is a great one, or the octreotide. What does it do? Does anyone know? So, so octreotide actually decreases the amount of blood flow that goes through the GI system. Okay? So what happens? Why do varices occur, period? is because most of your blood flow, and all of us sitting around the room, goes through our body, and then goes through the liver, through the portal vein, through your whole liver system, back to your heart, and that's usually really efficient. But with someone with cirrhosis, who has really bad fibrosis of their basic liver, they can't get blood back, so everything else, they have to use other ways to get blood back to the heart. So those include varices, that's why they'll have big, dilated, basically, veins on their stomach, is because there's a traffic jam at the liver. So all the blood's trying to go through other places. That's why varices form in the first place. So somatostatin octreotide really try to shunt blood away from your your splanchnic or your the blood vessels that go to your intestines. So that's a big way we decrease bleeding. And we don't use that as much, for example, with uh, with people who have bleeding from uh, from ulcers. What else? What else is a common thing we actually use? use yeah, so, so we hear Blakemore tube, right? There's two common ones. There's a Blakemore and there's a Minnesota tube. And let's talk about those down the line because that's kind of our last-ditch Hail Mary effort to save someone's life if they've got uh, a variceal geobleed. So another thing is vasopressin. Okay? So if we have to go to a presser first, we actually go to vasopressin. And vasopressin is, again, it's shunts Blood flow away from your splactic circulation, and also helps basically squeeze your blood vessels. So that's one where if they're hypotensive, you're resuscitating the crap out of them, and they remain so, and we're saying we're going to go for the presser, It's almost always vasopressin first in an upper GI bleed, uh, upper GR bleeder who's uh, who's erotic. What would you say about antibiotics? Yes. So right, antibiotics actually is one of those things that like has one of the greatest improvements of survival in a basically variceal GI bleeder. It's because these people, the liver is one of the most important immune cells in your body or immune organs in your body. And what happens if they start bleeding, oftentimes bacteria translocates from their stomach into their blood thing. So a lot of these people will be septic. So giving them ceftriaxone actually has one of the biggest, basically, mortality benefits with a variceal bleeder. So let's say you do all that and they're sick to stink still. And uh, and they're vomiting blood, and they won't stop vomiting blood, or they start getting confused because they're so, so hypotensive. we will often intubate these people and put a Blakemore tube in. And have you guys ever put one of these in? Yeah? It's pretty medieval. No. Yeah, it is medieval. This thing is huge, and it's got these two big balloons in it. One of them is basically a balloon that's at the end of the catheter. You put, you put it in, and you pump it up, and it basically fills the stomach and can't come back up. And then the other tube is along the catheter, and when you fill it up, it fills up the esophagus, and it tries to tamponade that. And then oftentimes, we'll take that tube that comes out of the mouth, and you'll either secure it via an IV tubing to IV bags, or you'll get a football helmet, and you'll basically tie it to the mass once you get enough pressure on it. Okay. People who actually need Blakemore's usually die. Uh, so I've had few in residency. All of them died. I had one in practice in Oregon. He died. So if we're putting a Blakemore tube in, that person is probably not going to live. Okay? So it's a really, really high comorbidity. What if we get a Blakemore and we're successful? Do you know what they actually do as the next step in the ICU if the person's stable enough? So they do what's called the TIPS procedure. So a TIPS procedure uh, is one of these things where they actually go in and they shunt the liver altogether, where they basically put a uh, catheter goes around the liver back to the heart so that there's really decreased blood flow through the liver and through the splenic circulation. So that's kind of the Hail Mary, if you're bleeding, if you're dying from variceal bleeding, that's what we do next. Do they only do that if it gets to that point, the TIPS procedure, or do they do that prophylactically? If they so have so sometimes it. they will do it if the people seem like they're going to be really prone to it. Oftentimes it is done prophylactically in really, really bad cirrhotic. Um Let's talk about blood, because blood's really interesting. Um, We, I feel like, transfuse a lot of people with blood who don't need to be transfused. And because of that, they've actually shown that people have a higher mortality rate. If they've got, for example, a a hemoglobin of 10, but they're bleeding and you transfuse them, uh, the new studies show that you really have to get below 7 before we transfuse you. If you do it before that point or before there's massive hemorrhage and hemorrhagic shock, you actually increase people's mortality. So that's an interesting thing and it's because we often give them infections or immune responses and other people's blood is actually you know a pretty uh, a pretty big thing for immune, for your immune system even in young healthy people who we transfuse. More like a, um, even if they were at 10 but they were symptomatic is that I would not. I would fluid resuscitate them and I'd recheck their hemoglobin and when they got under 7 or started having clear indication like if they were let's say had heart disease and started having significant chest pain, that would be an indication. But otherwise, you should really try to stay away from blood, because it's been shown that it that it doesn't uh, doesn't have a mortality benefit. It actually it has a the adverse effect of. What about um, blood products like platelets or something? So some of them do need platelets, right? Because one of the big signs of uh, of. Of uh, cirrhosis is you get thrombocytopenic, and a lot of these people, your liver makes your platelets. Your liver also makes your uh, coagulation factors, so a lot of these people will be really coagulopathic. Um, platelets, if you need them, and they're bleeding, you know, but it does carry some of the same risks. So, is but, vitamin K useful in these patients? Yes, if they're so, I would give them that, or you'd give them PCC if they're really coagulopathic. I think I think is totally reasonable. A good question is that. Yeah, so they're sick of stink. It's one of those people who I don't like feeding very much because these people don't have great outcomes. Even afterwards, these people usually die within six months, even if you stabilize them, unless they give a liver, get a liver transplant. And they're hypertension, there's still viable for transplant? Depends what their cause of... Uh... Of liver uh, liver diseases, right? So a lot of times they won't transplant people who are alcoholics because they've been showing that a lot of them will go back to drinking and fry their livers anyways. Um, so it really depends on a lot of factors. But that actually having variceal bleeding makes them a lot more difficult to transplant because their cirrhosis is just so advanced. Think go to DIC too. <laughs> DIC, yeah. If they're if they're basically yeah. bleeding and everything bad enough. Yeah, because and it's hard to tell sometimes if they're in DIC or that's just their baseline. Because you know, because their INRs up, oftentimes they'll have really big CBC and other abnormalities. But definitely, they they can oh, yeah, you get sick enough. Good.